Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. So, George, what do we do when we're just disillusioned with our relationship with the sex life that we wanted and now we're ending up with something different and something much, maybe much worse than what we ever thought we would end up with. And, you know, we don't know where we're going in the relationship or our sex life or how to fix it. And we just feel disillusioned. Like, is this all there is? Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. That's tough, Lori, right? We're just sitting in that low energy. It's like having a fever. You just kind of can't grab those passions. You've lost the dreams. It's kind of hopeless or discouraged, defeated. Mm -hmm. This is where life kind of sucks. We feel depressed and just kind of, yeah, it's a tough spot. And a lot of couples, especially in the sexual realm, you know, find themselves here. Mm -hmm. They've had too many misses, too many fails, too many rejections. And before you know it, it's just... All those hopes that they started off with have been dashed and they're in this world of, uh, you know, no color. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when somebody comes in and they tell me that story, um, I suppose I, I believe that somehow or another two people have kind of squished the passion that they might have had for each other at the beginning. And I I believe that the passion we have for each other at the beginning is kind of much of our own making. You know, we we imagine that person being a particular way. And then when they're different, we have a hard time finding in ourselves the, the desire to be curious about who they really are. Mm. And that happens sexually and that happens emotionally. And, you know, just walking life together, it it can be difficult. So... So I, I often think the path through is how can we get curious again about who this other is that we are partnered with? Um, because, you know, my sense is people are deeply interesting. They are uh, exciting on the inside for whatever reasons, maybe the little hurts that we've given each other in the relationship have kind of blocked that in the other person. Mm-hmm. But maybe if we can make it safe again, reopen our curiosity, we can see something in them and find something in us sexually too that is exciting again. Yeah, I like that. It's uh I think we can offer our list that has a couple of different moves in this place. And as you listen to our podcast, we're in the business of new moves. Constantly that's the goal, something we can measure. I think a lot of people that I work with that are disillusioned, I think it's a it's a tough combination because they're so focused on the other person and what the other person's not doing and the losses that they're it's, it's you know they're mourning the loss of their dreams but they're kind of avoiding their own pain because they're focusing on what the other person's not doing or what they're not getting or what's unfair they really so it's this almost obsessive kind of focus 
on the problems while as an avoidance of the self in that, the pain in that, right? So how do we connect with that focus and honor that, but really to pull them towards the self to actually listen to the disillusionment? Because mm-hmm. to me, I think it's the body's way. And I always love the emotions because not only does it do they tell us the problem, but embedded in that is the solution. To me, disillusionment, is it's a call to action. It's your body saying you're not where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? Something is missing. Like we need to listen to that feeling. We need to feel that feeling, mm-hmm. right? Because it's trying to motivate something. It's trying to get us to go somewhere. But I think so many people out of disillusion avoid the feeling. They won't sit in the feeling. They're focusing on everything else and how life sucks and complaining and being negative, And they won't listen to the feeling that would actually be motivating. Mm-hmm. So how, let's just pretend it's me. How would you get me to sit in the feeling and, and show me what that looks like? Uh, well, I w- I'm thinking of, a, I was working with a client the other day. And, uh, or a client. So you can be this client. Right? Okay. He, he had, or she had, or they had, right, this fear of death. They just didn't, you know, they, 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 because of this fear and they, this, they, they constantly felt, he constantly felt like he wasn't measuring up. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do in life. He wasn't productive enough. He wasn't performing enough. He was just like failing across the board. And his way of dealing with the failing is to just kind of distract himself, play video games, have a drink, find ways of just coping. Right. So there's this massive avoidance of like, what, what do you think your body's discouraged about? So in session, we will get him to kind of face the discouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you feel out in your body? You know, mm-hmm. what do you think it's trying to tell you? Like it's that, that, and he would describe it in his chest. It's like this kind of pressure, this weight, this heaviness. And he would try to numb that feeling out. Mm-hmm. So trying to face it, it's like that chest, I can't breathe. I, I can't breathe because, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to die. This, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this world without accomplishing anything, mm-hmm. without any meaning, without any purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, great. So listen to that. It's a call for purpose. It's a call for meaning. You're supposed to be doing more with your life. There's a part of you that knows it. And your way of trying to cope with this, distracting yourself, numbing yourself out, is just keeping you perpetually in this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that too. Sometimes clients, they're not actively suicidal, but they're kind of passively suicidal. It's like, I don't, I don't have any meaning or purpose. My life isn't worth anything. Maybe people would be better off if I'm dead. you know. And, and I feel the same sort of thing when I listen to them is then what makes life rich? You know, what mm-hmm. makes life meaningful to you? And many times these are people who, maybe because of past trauma in their earlier childhood, they, you know, they don't have the skills that they need to really connect deeply with their partner or with other people, or they haven't had kind of the organization to, you know, express themselves in a purpose or creatively, you know, in some sort of artistic way, and I don't necessarily mean art, but there's many ways we are creative, like raising children is a creative act, Um, you know, gardening. I mean, there's lots of ways we express creativity, giving ourselves to our neighbors, you know, that's, that's an act and uh, that can be creative, you know, but they don't seem to find any meaning in that. So when this guy listens to you talk about this, and he gets a hold of 
what is happening in his chest and how heavy it feels, then then what happens? You, I, I think it's it's starting to bring online the part of him that's getting curious about what's blocking his change. If his body is calling him to change, mm. if it's calling him towards life force and mm-hmm. vitality and meaning and purpose, right? Because he's blocked, his body's feeling the stuckness of that, mm-hmm. the discouragement of that, right? Mm-hmm. So the work is about what's, what's blocking your growth? What's blocking your health? You know, how do you, so getting this guy to be curious by listening to the pain and feeling it instead of avoiding it allows him to get curious. If, if my body wants me to be somewhere else, and it wants more meaning, what's stopping me? So it's that exploration mm-hmm. then of the block. Mm-hmm. You know, for this guy, it was around the rejection to try and get messages that he's failing. It's easier to not try, Mm -hmm. you know, not go on that job interview, not, you know, ask a girl out on a date, not put yourself in places where you're going to get rejected, Mm -hmm. right? But to me, the root of the problem, it's the avoidance. That's what the block is. I don't want to get hurt, so I don't put myself out there. But then my body gets stuck in this place where life has no purpose or meaning. Mm -hmm. How many people out there that we work with are stuck in this hole? Yeah, but many things that you said there I find so helpful that this is what I've always believed about low libido is libido is a life force. It's it's something that is innate in us as humans, even regardless of testosterone levels and hormonal input. I mean, certainly we're prompted more physiologically if we have more testosterone, but it's a life force. And so mm-hmm. when people don't have libido, I wonder what got in the way, what obscured it, what what is blocking this important life force that makes them human, that makes life rich? You know, so many times it is trauma or it's a relational dynamic, you know, that has gotten in the way. Exactly. And, I, and that to me is very helpful. It's like that's why I've worked with libido for so long. It's like I feel a lot of hope about helping people find that again. Well, that's the critical shift. You're getting them to approach something that they want to avoid. Mm-hmm. I have low libido. I don't want to face that or feel what it feels like. So I just don't deal with it and I just don't have sex and I just avoid the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. So getting people to see the avoidance is just treating the symptoms. It's trying to avoid the hurt. Mm-hmm. That move towards confronting the hurt, that's the pivotal move to face the disillusionment and say, all right, what is my body trying to say here? It's giving me information that I've been avoiding. Once you see the call to action, it's, it's actually really healthy to feel disillusioned, right? You're mm-hmm. not where your body's supposed to be. And it's saying, hey, do something. Get mm-hmm. out of this place. Move. It's a call to move. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. if you're avoiding, you can't move and you just stay perpetually stuck in this place. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you. You know, it's easier from someone on the outside, like a therapist, to, to kind of because we're not being weighted down by the discouragement Mm -hmm. to kind of connect with it and say, all right, I get why you're here and let's listen to it. Let's lean in. When you get that person being curious about themselves and the meaning of their own body in the real time, you know, that's where the wisdom starts to emerge. That's where they can start listening in a more open, empathetic way. Because the problem with, with disillusionment is the avoidance leads then to shame. Yeah. And, and, and the shame leads to hiding and secrecy and the hole just gets deeper and darker and people get lost and they don't feel like there's a way out. And that's the heart of disillusionment. It's like, I have no hope. 
It's the yeah. hopelessness that then turns into self-contempt and shame, and it's nasty. So it's so counterintuitive to face that because you want to get away from it, but the power is actually in facing it. Mm-hmm. And and as we face it, hope can come through. I think primarily through connection. You know that we can connect with others, especially since we're talking about the disillusionment of perhaps our sex life. Mm. You know, how do we connect with our partner? And maybe we can come back after the break and talk about some strategies like how do we face this depression and disillusionment in, let's say, a marriage where we're committed? Mm. And, you know, let's just talk about some ways out of that. Sounds good. Cozy Earth, these wonderful sheets. They are named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. They are also one of Lori Watson's favorite things. Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating, and it's an incredibly soft. I swear it makes you want to take your clothes off. I'm not kidding. Cozy Earth's bedding collection, it offers a variety of pillows and sheets and blankets and more. It also is backed by a lengthy warranty, which is so cool. Cozy Earth's linen bedding collection, it adds casual elegance to any space and captures the fabric's breezy, timeless appeal and Valentine's Day is coming. So snuggle up to this Valentine's Day in Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheets. Listen, Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for Foreplay listeners today. 35% off site-wide when you use the code FOREPLAY. Please try Cozy Earth. It is my favorite sheet ever. And I am totally a sheet aficionado. Make 2023 super cozy, y'all. CozyEarth.com, 35% off for our foreplay family. Eating well is the top of my mind this month. It's January. You know we want to get healthy. And it's comforting to know that you always get top quality with HelloFresh. You have heard me talk about Green Chef before. Well, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And I got to say, I love the food. It is easy to prepare. My husband and I, we were like, you know, I don't know if it's the spices or the sauces, but it just makes home cooking easy and fun and affordable. With HelloFresh, eating well can be stress-free and delicious. There's 35 weekly recipes. You can choose calorie smart, carb smart, veggie. You can swap out proteins or sides. In fact, it's cheaper than grocery shopping. You don't waste anything. It's 25% cheaper than takeout. I love it. I'm using it. George loves it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash foreplay21. Use the code foreplay21. Forget this. 21 free meals plus free shipping. You guys, this is a deal. 21 free meals plus free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com slash foreplay21. Use that code foreplay21 and get 21 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. Y'all, this monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've just forgotten. It's like that streaming service you bought and you just watch one show and then that free trial ends and you never use it again. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify these subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes you money because it cancels your subscription as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or trying to go back and forth with these companies. 
It's easy. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person, get this, $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. That's rocketmoney.com slash foreplay, rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. George, feeling is everything. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. Uberlube lets you feel all the things you want to feel. Lori, I'm so proud of our partnership with Uberlube that really are making a difference, helping people feel more, enjoy more. That's all what we're about to. So we just really appreciate our partnership with them. Exactly. Uberlube, it was created with sex in mind. Its formula is pure. It's basically silicone-based, smooth and silky, and it's body-friendly, so you don't have to worry about yeast infections or glycerin or parabens. And it's got a perfect pump for the perfect experience every single time. Ooh, that's kind of sexy. Yeah. Uberlube.com with the code foreplay for your discount. Hey, we love Uberlube. And thank you, listeners, for supporting Uberlube, who supports us. Uberlube.com with the code foreplay. Okay, so let's pretend, George, that you're a disillusioned pursuer, sexual pursuer. Mm hmm. And I'm kind of a low libido, and I'm frankly disillusioned too. Yeah, I think that that is hard to see sometimes when you're a disillusioned pursuer that your partner also has disillusionment, and that you know partly their their reasons for withdrawal make sense if we can get to them. Mm -hmm. So you know, let's I'm say it's been a decade and pretty sexless, and and we're both depressed about that, or yeah. at least you know that's what. Well, and just to normalize that, right? 20% of couples are considered sexless. This is a huge problem. Mm. Both people are losing. Both people should be disillusioned. Yeah. I'm pretty frustrated that, you know, I've been rejected so many times. I'm just giving up. You you feel really guilty about that and feel bad about yourself. And you know, both of us are in a stuck place and no one's helping either one of us. Yeah. And yeah, every yeah. day when you have these needs and these longings and these wants and they go unmet, Right, the body mistrusts more the partner because you're mm -hmm. not getting help, and then you mm -hmm. have to protect yourself from that hurt. And before you know it, that distance takes over the relationship. I don't care how much you love your partner, when you're stuck in something like this for so long, you're in trouble. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I know people argue that some people choose not to be sexual, but I'm telling you, if it's not a sexual relationship, you're in trouble. The relationship is in jeopardy. Yep. Yep. So how could we meet? Who do you want to start with, you or start with me? Just trying to kind of connect and get that person to start facing it, well, I, listening I think to it. Probably the pursuer would open the conversation, right? Because as a withdrawer, I, a sexual withdrawer, I would not want to face, I would not want to bring it up. I am, you know, don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole because right. I'm already failing and I'm ar you're already angry with me and I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So my disillusionment would be, it's so easy to focus on you and you not wanting to have sex, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the compulsivity of the complaining and just wanting to be critical. It's trying to motivate you, but that obviously hasn't worked. Yeah. So I got to the place of just giving up, 
right? I'm a burnt out pursuer who's gotten discouraged. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I, as a therapist, I, I'd want you to start with that with me, right? Try to help me understand my own frustration and how it turns to criticism. And that was my push. That was my hope. But the real invitation is to look at the pain. You know, what is it like to find yourself in this place where you're not having sex? Because mm. that's the place I want to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Right? And even though I pursue with a lot of my words, I'm still avoiding this, this more vulnerable, tender place in me that wants sex and is not having it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the place I think where you'd find my shame, where I start to feel not wanted, feel like I'm actually repulsive to you, mm -hmm. that there's something wrong with me. Right. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not enough of a man for you. I'm not, I don't perform well enough. That's kind of my fault why we're not having sex. Mm-hmm. And that's the place I want to avoid. But it's in that place, I think, if, if you could get me to go there, that I would start to, you know, that my body would be saying, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Because mm -hmm. this is where the, the unmet needs are. This is where the part of me that wants something so healthy and beautiful. I want, I want to make love to my wife. Mm -hmm. I want to be in relationship. I don't want to be alone in this place where not only do you not want me, I don't want me. Mm -hmm. And nobody's ever coming. Nobody's ever helping. So if I don't go here, I'm never going to get what I need. And what I need is, is, is we need to talk about this. We need to deal with this. We need, I need your help in this place. But if I'm not going to listen to it, I can't ever get the help. Okay. I, I think, yeah. So how would you, we're talking about having this conversation as a couple, not over with a therapist. <laughs> I, I think many, we're I, I over try many to, moons. Yeah, we're trying <laughs> to get the, a therapist's help to just try to start giving us direction of where we need to go. You know, before we'd even go there, you got to get my buy-in to see the value of going into that place myself, to take my focus off of you and put it on myself. Because in that place of pain is where my body, the disillusionment is trying to motivate me to do something different, mm -hmm. to get back into the game, to try a different move, to don't give up on love or give up on sex. Like there's, there's the fight in that, that I'm not no longer doing that. My body say, you need to get back in the game. You need to do it smarter. You need to do it differently, but you need to get back in the game. Yeah. So I guess that's what I would need to do to be able to talk about my hurt in a way that's trying to protect you. You know, it's not your fault. It's not my fault we got here. We haven't had sex in 10 years. I know whenever we try to talk sex. about it, you know, the message you get, it's your fault. I wind up feeling rejected and both of us have basically given up, mm -hmm. right? And you know and what? And I end up feeling criticized. Right. So I, I want to protect you from feeling criticized. I know this is not your fault or my fault. This is just the dynamics we fell into. But I really want to do it differently. Okay. I want to, because I know and not trying and giving up has actually made things worse for me. I kind of go to some really bad places and I don't want to talk about it because I don't want you to feel bad. But I recognize and not talking about it is just making us feel further and further apart from each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure how to talk about it, but I just think we need to start trying to talk about this in a different way. Okay. Well, I, I don't want you to feel bad. Um, so I do want to talk about it. I maybe I that's a little stretch. I don't really want to talk about it because I'm afraid we're going to blow up. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to continue to feel bad. I I feel a little hopeless about there's no way out of this. You know, you mm -hmm. want something that I don't seem to want and I guess I'd like to know when you say you go to a bad place, what does that mean? 
yeah, I just start to feel like I'm, I'm, you don't want me. I don't like me either. It's just I feel kind of ugly and just what's the point? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not blaming so it, you for that. No, I know, I know. Yeah, but you're, you, what it ends up feeling like inside is you're unwanted, you're ugly, you're unattractive, and yeah, that, that cannot feel good. And if we pause here, I mean, again, this is going to take time, but Lori's trying to learn how to show up for me, right? At the end of the day, this part of me needs connection. It needs reassurance. It needs love. It needs acceptance. It it, it needs to be wanted, right? So we got to take some time, Lori, for you to try to put words to what would be your disillusionment? How do we get you to face that part of you that is avoiding your low libido? Who just doesn't want to put yourself in a position of feeling guilty. So you just avoid this at all costs. How do we get you to start confronting that part of yourself to okay. look at it? So now we're to the other side. You're coming to me. Yeah. I think where I end up that feels really bad if I start to feel it is, you know, just that I have failed as a wife. I have failed as a sexual being in this world that everybody's so excited about it. So you know, I'm a big dunce or dip or something that I, I don't get it. You know, I also feel like just kind of dead inside that something that I used to feel passion and energy and sexuality is just not there. And then the crazy thing for me is it's not there inside me in my body. And it keeps disrupting my relationship. I keep hurting my husband. You know, so it's like, I feel bad, and I feel bad for hurting my husband, and both of those places suck. So if you would face that dead inside place, what do you feel that in your body? What do you think it's saying to you? It's kind of in my lower back, and what does it say to me? God, I'm not sure. I don't know. It just sort of hurts. But again, if we just pause, because again, Lori not knowing is exactly where we need to go. She's not sure what this place is saying because she always avoids it. She don't want to feel it. So to get her to stay in that place, to listen to her lower back, you know, that place that feels dead, it's communicating something, right? That's usually if we listen to it where the life force is, where it's saying, hey, you're stuck here, you're blocked here. We need to do something about it. There's, there's motivation. There's, there's a call for action in this place if we listen to it. But a lot of us have spent so much time avoiding it because it doesn't work that it just is pretty bleak. So if you would take some time and find your words, what do you think the call to action is in that place inside of you, Lori? That feels dead. That feels, you know, pretty, pretty stuck. I mean, I, I do feel like us as a couple and me as a person that I'm missing out on the party. And so I guess it's mm, like, how do I find the party? Go. How do I find the party? How do I enter the party again? You know, it's it seems so long ago that I was at the party. And that's beautiful. Again, look at that little sliver of hope. I'm missing out. Right? There's something inside of me that knows I'm missing out, that there's more I could be having or should be having and I'm not having it. We want to listen to the missing out. 
right? That's the call for something different. If we avoid your lower back and the deadness, we never get that feeling of missing out, right? Which is the start. It's starting to redirect you back towards the light to get out of this darkness. So if you were, that's good words, but it maybe it's more something we would say in therapy. What would you say if you were a partner? How would you go really slowly with me so that I didn't feel pressure from you? Because I, it's I like I need to be seen, like, right? I need to be seen here yeah. without your disappointment at my not joining the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate you you talking about this dead place. And you've carried that for so long. It must be so hard, right? Kind of like me. It's We never help each other in that place. We just kind of deal with it on our own. You know, so I feel honored that you let me in to, even though it's a horrible place and we're not really sure what to do with it. And as you said, it, it feels like you're missing out on something. I mean, kind of what I feel too. There's something that both of us are in the way we're doing this or not doing this that we're missing out on. And again, I just, I appreciate you, you letting me know about that. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and as I'm listening to George pretending to be a partner, you know, it does feel good that he's sort of going very, very slowly. And I know because I am a sexual pursuer, the temptation is always to rush to the next step. You know, okay, how do we get you to the party? You know, what do we got to do? You got read books, listen to podcasts, go to a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, all the ideas. But I think the intimacy starts to develop right there when I'm seen. When I'm seen in my bad place, right. I feel more intimately connected. I don't feel the argument coming. And, and you know, obviously that's a better place of connection, a better launching pad than where we usually end up, which is you know, in separate quarters. It's like, okay, we're together. I We don't know what to do about it. You're not telling me to take the next step. And I imagine as a sexual pursuer, mm-hmm. everything in this guy is wanting him to, wanting to push him to tell her, you know, okay, yeah, let's get you to the party, girl. You know, but just being careful and slow. And like we said, this is a mini moons conversation over months, because if you've been sexless for a long time, you're not going to get healed overnight. There's so much that needs to be unpacked. Or even, and when exactly. we say sexless, and, you know, maybe um, it's just low sex, right? Once a month. That's that's technically sexless. So, Well, that resisting that urge when you said, yeah, we're missing out. Yeah, we are missing out. Yeah, exactly. This is why we should be having sex. And let's read that book. I mean, that energy that wants to jump in and just kind of recognizing the risk. But the main takeaway for me in this conversation is each person has to do their individual intrapsychic work that actually faces these places of pain that they avoid. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the disillusionment, it is actually going to tell you you're not where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You are missing out. There's nothing wrong with the body feeling bad because it's missing out. We need to listen to the wisdom it's giving us Mm -hmm. because it will call us towards new moves it will call us towards change if we have the courage to face the Mm -hmm. information yeah thank you i i love what you're saying and i feel this with so many of my clients who are depressed even you know disillusioned in their relationship Mm -hmm. disillusioned with life 
and now depressed. It's like that depression is a message that says something is blocking you. Please explore it, feel it, let the message come through to you. Okay, thanks for listening, y'all. Face those dark places. And it'll get hotter. Quick shout out to Rebecca Jorgensen and her new exciting game to help couples. You can find it on buildingalastingconnection.com, the couple-connection-system. But if you get to the website, you're going to find this. This is really a cool thing that we want you to take advantage of because it's very reasonably priced and it basically takes principles of attachment and how you connect, how you can communicate better. It it gives you communication starters, conversation starters. It is really a fun thing. We're using it at our party this weekend for our therapists. We're going to introduce it to them. It is also a physical thing because it has a mat that you kind of walk around and do these exercises with. The mat assists you to kind of stay focused with each other and grounded because you're facing each other and you're moving through this, which we all know, right? Our bodies and our emotions are connected. So it's a beautiful resource. Good stuff. Highly recommend it. Check it out. That's buildingalastingconnection.com, couple-connection-system. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.